Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Dreamers Succeed podcast. We're already having too much fun, but I am so excited to introduce you to Brandon Wettstein. He is an innovator, entrepreneur, and a lifelong learner who enjoys finding ways in which we can be our best selves. Now, after many years in the retail industry with multiple Fortune 100 companies, he started Innate Create, a firm that designs and facilitates custom workshops aimed at unearthing the potential of teams and organizations. Guys, like I don't want to get too technical here, but you're going to learn about him today and you're you're going to be blown away, okay? Because I know that I was when, when we first met. Uh, Brandon loves to read, is especially interested in human behavior. This will all make sense in a minute. Um, but he also enjoys cooking, gaming, being in nature, and the joy of a wonderful nap. Ooh, that's why we hit it off right away. So please help me welcome Brandon. Hey. Thank you, Berta. So happy that you're here. Oh, so happy to be here. I am. I am so excited. I got. I got so fired up after our conversation, Brandon, and I was just like, "Please, everyone that I know needs to know this man." And and I I really appreciate. It. I know you're always pulled in a million different directions. So I really appreciate you making the time to join us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I am more than excited to be here again. Like it. you said, the last conversation, there's just a, a fantastic matching energy. I yes. think that's happening even, even though we're, we're virtual, right? Yes, absolutely. I love it. So, so dude, Midway through 2021, how's this year been so far for you? You know, it's it's been uh, good. Like I say, good because it's that you know, how do you how do you determine good? How do you determine what good is? Um, but I think we're in this this emergence, right? And and I'm in the middle of it. We're all in the middle of it. And uh, you know, I I think this is just it's such an opportunity to write the next, you know, we talk about the next normal, like, how do you write that path? How do you decide what it's going to be? Uh, how do you, how do you put your, the cement is wet. We get to make our handprint, right? Yes. It's time. It's time yes. to do it. Um, I so like, love that. that's, that's, that's <laughs> my vision. 2021. It's off to a, a rocketing start. Who knows where it's going to be, but it's, it's time to take off. I love it. I love it. I love it, Brandon. So Brandon, for those of the people in our audience who have not had the pleasure of meeting you yet, can you just share a bit of your nutshell? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, born and raised in Minneapolis, Minnesota, up in the cold, cold North and spent most of my career there. Yeah. Many winters, blizzards, snow, hockey, all that fun stuff. Um, and, and spent most of my career there, went to the university of Minnesota and and majored in communications. Uh, I, I worked, you know, went into retail and worked for all the big retailers that were in Minneapolis and the retail side, Best Buy, Target Corporation. Uh, in 2017, I got a call, uh, from a company that ran retail on cruise ships and I'm like, Hello, uh, summer all year round. So (laughs) absolutely. Let's, let's kind of pop on down to Miami and did that for a couple of years and then started my own business right in in, uh, the end of 2019. And outside of that, I am just a amazingly curious and positive individual. I'm consistently looking at the world from rose colored lenses. Maybe that's not always a good thing, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, how do we harness what's happening next in the future? How do we understand how to, how, how we act as people? It's kind of talking back to that human behavior piece. I'm just super intrigued to how we work. How do we get our best selves out and how do we live our best life? Uh, which is different for every single person, but I think there's, there's tricks and tips and things we can all learn from each other along the way. So that's, High high level overview. Yes, I love it, and and I think uh, part of why we became fast friends is because I'm like that too, right? We we look at things. We're we're always 
going to, by default, give things an optimist twist, right? And like you said, sometimes that can be, but listen, I'd rather be there than, than on the other side of, of that spectrum. So I really yeah. appreciate you you sharing that. But Brendan, I remember when we spoke and as you were going through this, this illustrious career that you had in the retail industry, I didn't know about the cruise part, but now <laughs> Miami makes sense. I, I love that. I want to I wanna hear a little bit about that, but I know that especially when you're working with these big companies, just from the standpoint of you being inside, we're going to talk a little bit further about you now being on the outside, looking in and, and everything that you're able to bring to the table. But let's talk a little bit about culture, because I know that that's something that you're very passionate about, especially when you're making that connection with the the human, the human psyche side of it. Um, how do you define the culture of an organization? Oh, wow. Uh, super fantastic question. <laughs> I feel like many people have been trying to define that. Uh, I think the culture of the organization is really summed up with a couple things. One, how do people interact with each other? Uh, throughout the organization, and that means vertically, horizontally. You know, what are the what are the interpersonal workings look like, and how do they reflect? Um, and then, secondly, is is the values, right? Kind of the values and the belief system. What is that organization there to do, um, and why? Right? What's that big why behind it? And I think when you mix those two together, uh, and I'm sure there's other you know components that we could spin off to, but those two are like the core building blocks. If you have this wonderful why and this piece that you can believe in and be a part of. And build. And then you have the interpersonal communication piece where, right, whether it's 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 horizontal or vertical, people treat each other with trust, with respect, um, and with integrity. Um, you know, those are the pieces that really kind of define the culture. Now, those, I think I'm defining a good culture, right? Mm -hmm. That can also right. be bad. It's, it's you know, if you treat each other with um, malintent and distrust mm -hmm. and and hidden agendas, then sure, that's going to be part of the culture as well. But those would be my, my goalposts, if you will, on defining culture. I love that. I love the way you said that. And and again, I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to tease the audience, but I know I, I'm going to get into really how you're shining in that space as far as bridging those communication gaps and making sure that 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 the values are aligned when, when a lot of times we're not having those conversations, even as a family, but especially not as an organization. But But why do you think it matters, Brandon? Why is it so important? And why is there there's so much talk about it, even though I think not enough people are really paying attention to those core values and, you know, those those soft um, tangibles, if you want to call it that. It's and I think, you know, what it comes down to it, it, at the end of the day is time. Mm -hmm. And and that sounds so simplistic to pull it down to one element. But you know, coming from working within large organizations and medium-sized organizations and now by myself, I think there's this piece of identifying what we'd call theory, right? On paper, if we, right, we treat each other well, it's like golden rule, right? Back to being mm -hmm. a kid, we yeah. do all this fun stuff. Um, and then we have this belief system, right? It all sounds rosy and fantastic. But then at the end of the day, you have to get this PowerPoint done by five o'clock on Tuesday. And now you have to have this presentation done. So it becomes easy because some of that stuff, it takes time. Right, it takes intent, and you have to constantly be working at it. It's not simple by any means, right? It's a, it's a every single day. It's a every interaction, and there is no perfection, right? I mean, we're mm -hmm. we're we're imperfect as people, so there's going to be slips, there's going to be misses, uh, but it's very easy to to kind of say, you know what, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll put that off tomorrow, and that's that's true. We as people in general, right? Whatever we're going after, it's it's that slight procrastination that that makes you lose focus and. 
when we do focus on it, when we do make it our priority, you know, going back to the importance of it, like if we are getting the best out of every single person on our team, in our organization, in our family, in our social circle, um, everything winds up better, right? You get the best perspectives, you get the best ideas, you get the, the you know, best viewpoints on, on which way to move forward. Yeah. And, and man, that's, and you, and you hit the nail on the head. And even as you were describing that, I was sort of in my mind going back to some of the places where, where we've had those, those conversations and, and it almost seems, and I, and I'd love your take on this just because I know that you are, you're so in there looking at it from a, from a different perspective than most people do. Um, that leadership component, it's almost like the, the, the leadership is going to really bleed into. And when you see that there's an organization that's lacking in, in everything that you described that is important in the culture, would you say that that usually it's it's not being well represented or demanded or, uh, you know, it, for easy to imitate from the leadership? Yeah, I, I think it's, it, it is definitely, it's it's interwoven, right? Like you said, okay. it's every piece is sort of connected and, and it does start from that top down. And that doesn't mean that, um, you know, a, a single individual leader can't have fantastic culture on, on that person's team. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've definitely worked in toxic environments and worked with some of the most wonderful people I've ever worked with in toxic environments. Right. Sometimes you come even closer, right? Because you have to work together to power through these challenging pieces that may be coming from some, you know, cultural challenges in another area, right? And whether it's, again, back to misinformation or being distrustful or having hidden agendas. Um, but I, I think one of the things it really comes down to is uh, is psychological safety. Um, and this is something I've been digging very deeply into wow. recently and reading a lot. Um, but I mean, really psychological and to define psychological safety is really not only the, the willingness, but the responsibility to speak up. If there's a problem, if there's an idea, uh, you feel like you have to say something versus the reverse of that, right? If it's a psychologically unsafe environment, it's easier to keep your head down for fear of retribution, bullying, uh, being made fun of, or told, you know, your idea is stupid, whatever it might be. So, being quiet keeps you protected. And I think in those cha those companies, those organizations, those teams that have challenges with culture, I think can really be drawn back to that because, you know, I think as we all continue down our path and and, and grow as people, we, we learn that uh, this is my, my late, latest favorite quote, by the way, that as our, um, as our island of wisdom grows, so does our shoreline of ignorance. Um, wow. And so you realize, yeah, right. I love that. Oh, I need to, I need oh, to know who yeah. to attribute that to. <laughs> um, it's out there somewhere. But you, you realize that there's so many different perspectives and there's so much nuance to those perspectives um, that, that trying to get all of that earth unearthed out is, is, Right, the what the absolute best way to go because you can only have so much knowledge as one person, and especially I think the the higher up you go in the leadership change, the more you realize that wow, I really need to rely on my people to crazy. drive the path forward. Wow, 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 wow! I, and I that's what I'm saying. I think it's it's such a it seems like it would be so obvious, right? It seems like listen, this is something everybody should be paying to paying attention to. But I think every time that I that I speak with you, you you really unearth a different layer of okay now it's this and then and then it opens up to the holy crap now now it makes sense so so thank you for sharing that and i know you have a very very keen interest in that human behavior as you just described but i also know that you love legos so let's get into 
um, your your really interesting approach to help efficiency, engagement, alignment, clarity, communication. How on earth did you did you stumble upon this? Oh, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so I was working uh, for Target Corporation. This was a while back, and you know, it was a wonderful company to to work for. I, I enjoyed my time there, and they were they were really trying a lot of new things internally. And I, I went to this workshop, mm-hmm. and it was it was about working with Legos. And I was like, okay, I don't know. This sounds interesting. I want to, <laughs> I want to try it. Like I say, I like learning and trying new things. Yeah. And we did, it was, a, it was a two hour session, if I can remember correctly. And, and I remember the exercise a little bit. It was, it was interesting. It was very intriguing. It didn't quite set off the fireworks in, in my head, but I was like, you know, I want to keep my eye on this. And, uh, you know, kind of fast forward a handful of years, I'd, I'd gotten involved in utilizing uh, improvisation and design thinking in the workplace and really became in love with uh, or fell in love with the idea and the the, the uh, capability of unlocking potential in others, like providing environments and tools that let people just shine. And and so I started reading. There's a book on this this method. It's called the Lego Serious Play Method. I did not invent it. I wish Amazing. I did. Um, and and it it goes back to the the mid to late 90s. The chairman of the Lego Corporation, Lego Group at the time, mm-hmm. was not satisfied with how they were going about building strategy. Um, they they were a, a company that was focused on creativity and imagination, and yet that's not how they were going about building their strategy and how they were moving wow. forward. So they developed a group and they went out and built this process. They used, uh, I believe, some business professors, uh, I believe some adult educators, and they they built this. And, and it went through some phases for sure in the beginning, uh, but it was eventually internalized into the Lego group and was even used as a uh, consulting service. They would actually go and teach other companies how to do this. Wow. Now, in about 2010, they stepped back and they kind of said, hey, this is... This is not, they're not a consulting company. It's, we yeah. all know Lego, right? <laughs> um, and so they made it open source. And, and a couple of the uh, the gentlemen that both started it and ran it internally now kind of own uh, what they call the Association of Master Trainers and they own training everyone. And that's what I went and did in 2019. I, I read a book that they published and got really interested and decided to go out. And it was a four-day workshop. Mm-hmm. And I have never seen anything like it in my life. The way that it it slices through, I think, expectations, understanding. And it's one of those things, it's, it's actually very difficult to discuss and describe. You almost have mm-hmm. to do it to really get right. it. Um, but it just, it was like a, a key unlock something in my mind. And I saw the capacity. I saw my you know, 20 years plus in the retail environment, all of the the missed communications, the, the times that, you know, people held back or didn't share fully what they could have or might have wanted mm-hmm. to. And, uh, and, and I just, I was like, I have to do this. I've got it. I've got to do this. That is amazing. What's the, what's the most interesting thing that you've ever encountered as you, and, and, and again, we, we got into some of the specifics, right. And you can share as much as you're comfortable with, but but I'm curious to know, especially as you mentioned, you were talking about that psychological safety and that that importance of feeling bullied, because I had a conversation just yesterday with a client about, you know, are you doing enough to make sure that people feel like like sharing ideas? You know, are they comfortable or do they feel that they're in a space where they can trust to bring forth ideas? Because that's the only way to innovate is the only way really to grow. Um, and, and we were talking a little bit, I just wanted to get into the mind of, of what was going on there with the owner, but, um, I just thought that, that when we had that conversation, there are so many different ways of looking at 
even those six little pieces, right, that you said. But can you tell me maybe a really interesting thing that you remember from one of your trainees that just, or maybe early on that you just said, man, this is, this is, this is gold. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think, you know, what uh, you would, you would just refer to the six pieces. There's a, there's a demonstration and this is more, it's, it's a demo where there's six Lego pieces. It's not much, just a few little ones. And, and the instructions are you hand it to someone and say, I'd like you to build a duck. And one of the pieces has a couple of eyes on it. Um, and it, it seems pretty simple, right? And you'd look at it, you would think that we would all build the same duck with the same Lego pieces, maybe a couple of different varieties, but there's over 6,000 combinations. Um, <laughs> And I did this with a room of 50 people. I did have one duplicate duck. Wow. And the moral of that story is, right, you would think that we all know what a duck looks like. And with the same six Lego pieces and one of them having eyes on it, you would imagine we'd have a lot of duplicate ducks. But we don't because our opinions and our perspectives are so nuanced that every that slight difference becomes that that could be that idea, right? That big thing that moves you forward or that big question that that lets you know what might stop a project from happening. So that's kind of, you know, step one of, of roughly, you know, how to look at that. But then the second part would be to ask the person to build a duck that represents something. And this is where it gets in the power of telling a story through metaphor. So I might say, Berta, I'd like you to build a duck that represents something you're proud of or something you're excited about, right? And you could build a duck that's leaning forward because you're really excited about 2021, or maybe you're building a duck that's laid back and relaxed because it's time for vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen many, many different stories come out of this, but my favorite was when I came back to my team and I was leading my team through a very challenging time in our organization. And our, our CEO had just left and my boss, uh, who was the head of retail, just left. And they were like the culture leaders of everything that wow. we had been doing for the past couple of years. And so I asked them to build a duck that represented how they felt about the organization. Wow. One person left all six pieces on the table and it didn't connect a single one. And they said, you know what? All the teams are doing their own thing. We're not connected. We're not running in the same direction. Holy moly. Another person built a duck that was extremely top heavy. It kept tipping over. Uh, and they said, we keep adding VPs. And we had just hired <gasps> something in the realm of two or three new VPs with no one to help support. So they were getting extra work. Wow. We're top heavy, right? We're adding all this help work at the top and we're not getting any help at the bottom. So there were other, other ducks that were built as well. And the reason I really like to share this story is... Had I had that conversation, and, and again, I had a great relationship with my team, and mm-hmm. you know, we would have had a fantastic conversation for an hour, an hour and a half. I mean, it could have gone on and on and on, right? Um, but in 15 minutes, that whole conversation took 15 minutes, and I got a very succinct point of view on how everyone felt at the moment, right? Some were mm-hmm. fairly negative, some were a little bit of each, and of course, there needed to be follow-up conversations and more. Mm-hmm. But what the reason I'd like to tell that is it really illustrates the power of this, this method. And the way the method works is there's a question asked. Every single person that's in a workshop, and it's generally eight to 12 people per, per facilitator, mm-hmm. uh, builds their answer to that question, just like the duck. And then every single person has to slash gets to share uh, the answer to that question. And then you can kind of summarize and have a little discussion afterwards. And so, you know, when you think about questions that you might build, you know, what's the identity of your team? What's the identity of your organization? What's getting in your way at work? Uh, When you start building things, you get this, this kind of reduction in simplicity where you break it down to its core components and you really can share what you're thinking. And the metaphor really makes it easier for others to understand. So that's where a lot of the clarity and the alignment comes from. So if I build a model that says right now, the biggest thing that's getting in my work is, 
you know, extra paperwork or something. And I build a model that says extra paperwork. Everyone around the table now understands what that means. And they can ask questions. Well, tell me a little bit more. What is, what does this mean? What does that mean? You can kind of focus on the model, but as you get into deeper layers of questions, um, you can really get to the core challenge of whatever we're trying to build, whether it be, you know, innovative solutions or, you know, how do we transform to the next normal? Wow. Now, how important is it for an organization to see to see that that everybody can be looking at the same thing and see it so differently because i think that has to be an eye opener for for leaders for for people who are are leading teams or leading organizations to say man you know i thought everybody was on the same page i thought everybody right. was seeing it the same so that's yeah. got to be that's got to be like pretty you know a, a rude awakening for some people Absolutely. No. And, and the reason I'm laughing when you said that, as I recall my, my last company, and we would consistently have these meetings about alignment. We need more alignment. We need better alignment. And, and I, I just, you know, I, I recall sitting in, in a room with two senior leaders who like both were, we were, we were aligning on something mm -hmm. and we, and it was like 8 PM. It was a weeknight. Like we were there late trying to fix something. And they both were like, all right, good. We're all good. And they went to go walk out of the room. And I had to say, wait, you guys haven't even aligned on anything. You both <laughs> just said completely different things and didn't, didn't No, sit down, hold on. Wow. Um, and, and I think that because of the various roles I've had, I've seen that happen time and time and time again, yeah. where I think alignment becomes assumed, right? Because maybe we have a perspective and we assume we assume other people see this the world the same way we do and, and they mm -hmm. just don't, right? And it's but how to flush that out. And that's where I believe this this Lego process mm -hmm. is so powerful, right? And and one of the reasons why, and I think of a, a general meeting, right? Let's say you have eight people in a meeting room. In general, 20% of the people in that room are doing 80% of the talking, right? This is kind of that extrovert introvert rule. Yeah. This is the, right, this more senior <laughs> people are going to be doing a little bit more talking. So you got to wonder, right? Well, if the other 80% aren't doing that much talking, are there ideas that they're not sharing? Do they have a, you write a different piece of information on the topic at hand that maybe just isn't coming out? I know myself, I've been in multiple meetings and, and I've always been that person. I don't like to talk a lot in meetings. I do like to say something if I feel like it's important, but I know that sometimes the conversation is going quick, that trying to get a word in, right? If something switched and moves and all of a sudden you're on the next topic, you're like, well, I guess I missed my, you know, my, my area to get that mm -hmm. point in. Mm -hmm. So this, the Lego process by having everyone build and everyone share, you get that nuance, right? You get everyone's wow. opinion on it. So right? The, the engineer may have a very different answer than the customer success manager because they're viewing it from such different angles, but you may not hear that in a standard right. meeting or a regular process. Do you feel that they're more relaxed and able to get to the, to the nitty gritty because they're playing for lack of a better word? Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's the magic. And, and, and I, I like to, I really like to use that word when I think about this because it does feel like magic sometimes, even when I, I've done it and participated. You get into playing and you get in, you're so focused on building your answer to whatever it is and you're pulling out Lego pieces. And that's one of the beautiful parts of play in general is play. You sort of shed your, mm -hmm. this, this perspective, this self that you're projecting and you're just mm -hmm. you. Um, I believe there's a quote by uh, Plato that says, you can learn more from a person in an hour of play than in a uh, lifetime of conversation. I think I'm messing that up, but that's similar um, because you are, you're just yourself. You're just going at it. And that's not to say that there isn't going to be, you know, some intentional positioning or something, right. Depending on, on the question at hand, but 
you build your your answer out of Lego bricks, and then yeah. there becomes this pride about sharing this thing. Too. I love like, it. I yeah. Built this. yeah, 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 yeah. This is and mine. and and I can just see, and and even what you what you described that you said, you know, we in fifteen minutes we were able to come up with, yeah, we could have gotten there after an hour and a half conversation, but would it even have been so real and so raw as someone just being vulnerable enough? To, there's no right or wrong. You're not telling them, you know, you're not giving them the instructions. You're not telling them what to do. It's just build a duck. It's yeah. it's your duck. So so I think that that uh, what I love so much about what you're describing is that, yes, you're bringing in the play, you're bringing in the creativity, but you're bringing in this, this invitation into the vulnerability that will allow them to do whatever they feel. And then that discussion is just like you said, it's got to yeah. be freaking magic that's genius <laughs> well, and that's why they call it lego serious play right yeah. because yeah it's like on the surface you're playing but yeah. really <laughs> you're answering questions about work right i mean it's yes. still i don't want to say it's not enjoyable because i personally find it very enjoyable and, yeah. and every workshop i've led i think it's it is a joyful experience but it is also a little exhausting because you start <sighs> you know dismantling like what is the identity of your team yeah. And you're going to build that and you're going to build your own personal identity, right? Depending on, on what the workshop is. But like right. one of my favorite ones that I, I like doing is, is, you know, when we talk about team or organizational culture and you start building out. So if I were to ask, put a pile of bricks in front of you right now, Berta, and say, build your identity, mm. what are your skills? What are your values? What are you good at? Right. And I might. Yeah. a couple. What do you want to be? Who are you when you're at your best? How do other people view you? And when you start building these things, uh, and they have a cool rule in this too, that if you, you're not supposed to have a meeting with your spell, yourself, you can just, if you're not sure about what to build, just start grabbing bricks. And it's weird because your hands will actually inform your brain of the idea. There's a uh, <laughs> something like 80% of the neurons in your mind are connected to your hands. So you can actually get ideas just by grabbing Lego bricks and building. That's freaking amazing. <laughs> then the 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 other cool part about it is once you've built this model and you're in we we have you know the the participants hold up their model and share it when they're talking about it and point at the pieces when they're talking about what it means there's also this externalization that's happening mm. and this has been used for 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 years in in therapy settings because as soon as this this thing that i'm talking about this idea this thought this whatever it's mine i've built it i'm proud of it but it's also external from me so we can talk about it a little bit easier than if it's still inside me, right? Mm. So it, it creates sort of this easy way to talk about things, especially when it is really challenging. Um, you know, one of the workshops I remember talking uh, or running was a team that was going through some very challenging times and we had to build those challenges. Like what are the things that are, you know, pulling you off your job? What are the things that are causing you stress? And, I'll, you know, midway through that, it was sort of like we took a break and everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is like the worst. Like everyone just felt super down, right? But because they're just, we, yeah, we just talked about all the junk, right? right? But then right. we started building solutions. How are we going to overcome this? How are we going to help each other, right? What's one thing you can do? What's one thing? And we started building, building different solutions. And suddenly we had this awesome landscape set up where we had this joint build in the middle where it represented all the, the bad stuff. And then we kind of had this, this circle around it of all the things that were in the power of the people of that room to, to cope with it. And at, you know, there's some things you, you just can't, you can't 
change, right? You just right. kind of have to deal with, but it might be stepping outside and taking a breath. It might be talking to your coworker. It might be, you know, whatever that solution might be, but there is, there's now a set of tools and that whole team was there together to build that and then walk away with a joint solution. Oh, and that was very powerful. I love it. I love it. And you know what I love most, Brendan, that as you're even talking about these examples that you're sharing with us, I can see the passion and the excitement. It's like, you know, when you're saying a story and you almost, it, it's just, it's just so, it feel it feels to me like this was just so you, this was so, you know, whatever power the universe, you know, used to bring you to that space that now you've, you're, you're able to, to amplify that message and help so many organizations freaking love it man i yeah. i just that's super exciting so okay so let's let's shift gears for just a yeah. second and i want to thank you for for sharing that if i looked you up in the dictionary what would it say oh man uh <laughs> <laughs> what would it say um i i think you know highly energetic um positive experimenter I think, you know, I, I, I want to, like, I, I am, I'm always torn with this. Like, I want to call myself a scientist, but I don't know. I'm like, I'm not in like a biologist or anything like that, <laughs> but I love viewing the world um, from a scientific point of view, from the idea that everything we do is just running experiments. That's all we're doing. And, and I think by having that point of view, and I should say, I think I really got turned on to this recently by reading, I think it was Think Again by Adam Grant. Mm. Um and it was really digging into the whole, like, everything's just a hypothesis that you're doing, right? Don't hold on to anything with so much, um, you know, power that it can't be changed, that it can't be shifted with a good idea or good thought or a good amount of information. Wow. And that way, failure, whatever that might be, is just your next step, right? It's just cool. I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to move forward. Right. Whatever happens, happens. And I'm going to I'm going to have this hypothesis. I'm going to try this thing. And if it works the way I thought it was great, let's try to push further and grow. And if not, cool. What did I learn? How will I implement that into my my routine or my next experiment? Um, and that's been something I've really been bringing into the core of of my identity is, you know, everything is just it's just an experiment. I love it. Yes. And that, and that plays into what you were talking about, that, that ability to be able to, to stay on the optimist side of the spectrum. And also really a great lesson. Thank you for sharing that, Brandon, in, in, in the importance of perspective and attitude. Holy crap. It's like, what? Um, love it. Thank you. Okay. So what is your holy shit factor? My holy shit factor. I think Gosh, I, I know I'm kind of tying it to the, the Lego thing a little bit, but I think I can I can kind of work magic uh, yes. when it comes to groups and making things enjoyable, but also getting results. And mm. and, and I say that from a, uh, you know, I look back at some of the prouder moments of my career. And, and when I worked for um, the organization that uh, that was in the cruise industry, mm -hmm. uh, one of the, the most you know proud things I, I had done was I worked with, you know, a group of people and in with like six weeks of notice, I was told that I needed to run like three global manager summits, which hadn't been done in like a decade. They're like, you got six weeks, go. And <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I am I kind of like being under the gun. Yeah, I like yeah. cool, like fun challenges. And this was this was one of those like, wait, seriously? Wait, huh? Uh yeah. okay. And so, and I should say it was six weeks the first one, and they were two weeks, but it within that six-week time period. It was, you know, kind of from scratch, pulling together all the stakeholders, you know, setting up three summits in in what we were in Barcelona, Shanghai, and Cozumel, and 
And I'll, I'll never forget the end of that, like that last one, because really what had happened is we created a extremely, I would say enjoyable, um, motivating and the teams that came to this, right? These are our shipboard managers. They felt cared for. They felt inspired. They felt, I have never felt a feeling where I was both ecstatic and energized to move forward and to do more to help this team when I got back to our office and yet exhausted to the point of falling over at the same time. I don't know if there's a word for that feeling. Um, but just that ability to do that. And that's where I think the, the, the Lego thing really has, has kind of, like you said, I kind of found my thing because I was doing things like this before. Yes, yes. It's just, it's another tool, right? It's right. another tool in the right. toolbox. It's an extremely powerful tool. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, that ability to kind of pull magic out. Cause I think at the end of the day, we all, I, I shouldn't say thing. I feel very confident. I don't want to say mm-hmm. no, cause I'm a scientist. My hypothesis is, yes, yes. We, right. We all want to do a great job. Yeah. We all want to show up and do amazing work. We all want to enjoy the people that we work with. We all want to, you know, really drive home and, and succeed at what we're trying at. And so, you know, what's getting in the way of that happening and, it, and it's wow. unearthing some of those pieces. And I think if you come come with that that kind of empathetic view that we're you know we're all trying to do our best and we're all running forward and we all want to enjoy each other's company, um, that I think that yeah we can sit down and, and devise a way to get there. And I want to make it fun. I love it. I love Why it. Not? And you are making yeah. I yes. love I love that. I love that. So so Brendan, what do you have coming up? How can people find you? Can you tell us? What's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so my website, which is innatecreate.com, that's I-N and then the number eight, innate, mm-hmm. and then create.com uh, is my website. You can email me at brandon at innatecreate.com. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of me. And yeah, I think, you know, right now I am just focusing a lot on what does this new normal look like? I think organizations are in a... I don't know if I'll call it a tight pickle. I think they're in a confusing pickle right now mm-hmm. um, because I think that every, and I hope that most organizations are looking at the future as, as scientists as, okay, we think this is what it should look like, but let's find out because no one really knows, um, you know, is, is it three days remote work? Is it two days remote? When do we get together? What happens when we get together? What does it look like? Uh, do all teams have the same expectations? There's, there's so many questions. And I think there needs to just be some really good conversations out there to just get everyone at the same table and locking hands and saying, this is how we're going to move forward. We're going to give it a try. If it doesn't work, Right. We'll, we'll try something exactly. different. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of the focus moving forward and uh, yeah, yeah. You can find me at the website or the email. Yeah. And I think it's, it's such a good time. And I'm glad you mentioned that Brenda, because I meant to ask you uh, such a really, really great time for a lot of these organizations. And I'd hate to use the word pivot because I think we overuse that word pivot in 2020, but really to look at what's coming. And I think that's where what you're bringing in is such a unique, but important element to, to just what you're saying. And, and for people, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll speak to coaches because I work with a lot of coaches and they'll say, well, I was talking to this coach and they may have said this and someone else may listen, the opinions are as the the important thing is for you to try what you want to try with enough grace that if it's not working, you just shift. And, and I think that's, that's where a lot of the fear comes in that you think once you make that decision, you've got to sort of stick with it and then you're stuck with it. And it's just, you know, it sounds like what you're saying is no, let's, Let's experiment. Let's try to prove a hypothesis. And if we don't, let's move to the next one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And I think it's, and again, it comes to intent, right? Intent again, because we, I think everyone has an understanding of 
right. We, we have jobs. We have to do our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> we can't just, I'm just going to be at home all the time because, yes. you know, it, it's been shown that, that creativity, innovation, collaboration, and, and relationships are just, they just, you, they suffer. Yeah. from virtual environments, period. Yeah. Yes. Um, and not saying there won't be a technology in the future that, but we're not there yet. Right. Yeah. So there needs yeah. to be some in-person and, and how much, you know, really depends on what does the business need, but then what do the people need? And I think that there's, when you talk and when you have those conversations, when you have empathy uh, for everyone involved is saying, okay, mm -hmm. who, what do people want? Why do they want it? And let's, let's all come together. We can figure something out. Uh, yeah. I think we get there. <laughs> I love it. And I'm so grateful to you, Brendan, because I know, like I said, this is such a uh, first you are you were created for such a time as these. Right. Where where people are just trying to figure things out. And I think you're bringing so much uh, value, expertise and 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 empathy to the table that it's it's a whole different feel with with the training and the, the facilitation that you're doing. So thank you for making the time. I have one last question for you before we sign off. Uh, what is the big dream? Oh, the big dream. Um, so the big dream is my my side project. I feel like I've had going on in the back of my head for years. Mm -hmm. um, I I want to I want to create like a methodology that really helps people get out of their own way and achieve the things that they want to achieve. Uh, it's not out there yet. And I'll tell you, my first version was insane. I, I got super excited and about goal setting and about tracking. Um, I'm a big data person and I think having data helps us understand things. Um, and, and I created a spreadsheet. This is probably like six, seven years ago mm -hmm. that had, I think by the time I got done with it, it had like 30 formulas. Um, uh -huh. I think I had something along the lines of like 85 goals. I had, a, I had a vice tracker. Uh, it was like everything. And I kind of, I stepped <laughs> back and looked at what I, this monster I built. I'm like, okay, this oh was a little gosh. too far. Good exercise. Yeah. I learned yeah. from it. We need yeah. to reduce and focus. But I think... I, I do think there are a lot of great books out there that are on, you know, there's always something within, right, the self-help or whether it's, um, you know, this formula or this system or that. And I, I have to think, and maybe it's a combination of software, it's a combination of, um, you know, talking to other people and self-reflection. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we all want to live our best life. And, you know, if there's, I'd love to find a tool that can just help people do that to the best of their ability. And I love that. I love that's, that. that's the dream. Or create yeah. it. I love it. I yes. love that. I love that. Brendan, thank you so much again um, for the honor of, of, of coming on and just sharing with our audience. Loved everything that I heard. I know you're super busy, but I know it's only going to get bigger and better for you as, as the year progresses. And as we start, you know, um, settling into this to this new normal so thank you again for being here folks you heard it here look them up i'm going to share all your call letters with the episode but for now go out there and do good and be great and go play outside have fun <laughs>